This is WFMU East Orange, WXHD Mount Hope. And now, a two-hour tribute to the Mighty Sparrow, the greatest Calypsonian, the King of Calypso. But I want to start out by saying that on Monday night, my good friend and erstwhile colleague, Mike Lupica, was doing his radio show, The Hip Transistor, and reading aloud a program announcement about the Mighty Sparrow tribute. I don't assume that Mike knows much about Mighty Sparrow. He may not even care. But during the course of reading the public service announcement about the program cold, that is to say he didn't pre-read it, he was sort of fumbling his way through and wondering, I don't even know if Mighty Sparrow's dead or alive, Mike said. Mike admitted. These first two songs by the Mighty Sparrow will answer that question for Mike and the rest of you who are wondering, is Sparrow dead or alive? I hear he had cancer I hear he have yellow fever Something in his bladder And a double dose of leukemia Two gossip mongers gossiping I stand up in a corner listening Before I could ask who they talking about And newspaper boys had to shout Hey! Lillian say the funeral was on television. She picky head cousin say mm-hmm. the coffin cost twenty thousand. That is why he sell the company to pay the doctor and the burial fee. While well, she talking up scum, big belly Angie with her papers falling. Get on your NC. Chester Marrow, hey! Yeah. Read on 
president will say I ain't have a sense of humor. But I don't like the ladies' rumor. Of course, I have a sense of humor. But I don't like the ladies' rumor. People all about having to say how Sparrow kick out. He was in some kind of collision for so long. He's dead, dead and gone. Amen. Well, every half an hour, somebody ringing up until they get the news. They don't win and stop. Guess who? Yes, I knew Sparrow, a very nice fellow. Whenever we met, we always said hello. Guess who? It was Simpson, funeral agency man, with the car from in the hand. Simpson, the funeral agency man. Oh, yes, he walking in the junction. much money a owing, so much faults we see they're showing, people start to say how oh, they're sorry, now dead and gone they ain't get chance to sue me, this time my family clean out a spot in the cemetery, they ain't worried because they hear Sparrow get killed, they want to know which one of them I have in me will, amen, somebody ring the newspaper, they ring the radio, they just got to find out if it's really so, guess who, Yes, I love his records and I got everyone and now I feel so sorry to know that he is gone. Guess who? You mean to say you don't know Simpson? Simpson. If you're not a legend, see man, with the car from in the hand. Simpson. Oh yes, if you're not a legend, see man, you know you're walking in the junction. Fella tell me something, he may be lying, but he said plenty women was crying. Women were never talk to me yet, but they cried, all their dress wet. Boo, boo, sparrow dead, no way we go do. Give me the dagger from off the shelf, I might as well kill myself. Amen. Yes, they say they see a man by Piccadilly Street with a candle in the hand and two slippers on his feet. Guess who? Yes, they say they really thought the man was out the head. He say he waiting for me, although he here dead. Guess who? Everybody knows Simpson. If you're not a legend, see man, with the coffin in the hand. Simpson. Oh, yes, if you're not a legend, see man, Lord, you walking in the junction. I hear they didn't make big preparation to head my funeral at all star steel band. Yes, sorry, decision was real quick. They asked the steel band men to play Sputnik. For the funeral, and the high all stars. But for the wake was that scam cereal dias. Biscuit and coffee set, they ready to fet. The only disappointment is I ain't dead yet. Amen. I know you really, really thought the news was on the level, but the man who started this rumor is as wicked as the devil. Guess who? Yes, it's all a joke to him, he laughing, he ain't care with the nose like a funnel and the mouth touching ears, guess who? It was Melody, the ugliest Calypsonian, with the face like a saucepan. Melody, the ugliest Calypsonian, so ugly and move along.
Welcome to the Mighty Sparrow Tribute. Oh, oh, did I tell you this is part one? <laughs> it's going to spill over into next week. But this week, a couple of special guests, one here in the studio, my friend Lane Steinberg. Hey, hey. Hello, Lane. Is your microphone working there? It yep. sounds like it is. Great. And uh, at some point in the next, well, before three o'clock, hopefully way sooner than three, we will, we will uh, have Van Dyke Parks on the phone. And we'll be talking about the Mighty Sparrow because Van Dyke worked with Mighty Sparrow in the 1970s and produced a great album from which we heard uh, the song that addresses the question, is Mighty Sparrow dead or alive? The song is called Sparrow Dead where he addresses the rumors about his demise, which he had done earlier in another song called Simpson, the Funeral Agency Man. And that was the second song that we heard. So, um, Lane, um, I don't know where to begin. I mean, 50 years we're dealing with here, 50 years of recorded material by one man that most people have never heard of. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> and he writes all his own songs and sings them all. It's incredible. And the consistency of most of the most of the music's just incredible. I mean, it was his records at least the first 25 years, it's like a spigot. You turn it on and it's just great song after great song. It's incredible incredible consistency on his records. No throwaway cuts, no lazy performances. Lazy. I could never imagine that word. No, there's no, no, nothing indifferent. There's no, uh, there's no. He never made a. He never made a self-portrait type of record. All his records are just very, very. He's there throughout every performance. We both had our Sparrow epiphanies. I'm sure. Uh, when I first started collecting Calypso about 30 years ago, I was finding these thrown-away records that looked interesting. Um, from the, just oh, I don't know. People tossed them away because no one seemed to value them. And I think the second or third album I found was Calypso Sparrow. It was on RCA Victor, Caribbean Division. And there was this, this life-looking guy on the cover, just looking very um, kind of sensual and very self-confident. And uh, it was a, a very nicely designed album cover, and I gave it a listen, and just from the first track, I was just such a fan immediately. It was the voice, it was the lyrics, it was the singing style, it was the horn arrangements. Everything about it that really solidified once and for all that I, I love this music. And I've collected, I don't know, I got there, about 20 or 30 Sparrow LPs, which, re which are becoming increasingly hard to find. Can't find them. Mm -hmm. uh, that record that you're talking about right now, it's just impossible to find. You can find a few songs, stray songs on the compilations, but the LPs themselves, you get a scratched one on eBay for uh, 80 bucks if you're lucky. Yeah, they, they often uh, go for three figures oh, yeah. on yeah. eBay. They're Increasingly so. Earlier. The thing I want to point out about Sparrow, and, and I think I know Lane will concur with me on this, is that Sparrow transcends the genre. He's a great Calypsonian. He's the greatest Calypsonian. But more broadly, it's great pop music, period. You don't have to love, you don't even have to like Calypso to like Sparrow. His singing has this universal appeal to it. And uh, that applies to few, if any, authentic Calypsonians. But, but, and in that category, of course, I don't count Belafonte. Oh, no. I, mean, I think Sparrow took Calypso out of the provincial and just added, added, added something new to it. He brought he brought almost a crooning style of uh, Sinatra and Nat King Cole to the music, and he brought he, he brought a, uh, a a literal literal quality to the lyrics, 
almost like Cole Porter, which was uh, very influenced by uh, Kitchener and some of the others. But he took it. He took it to a new place. You mentioned Sinatra there. Yeah, I mean, you, listen, especially in the earlier and the early things, early numbers in the uh, RCA stuff, you can hear in his crooning style and his phrasing an influence, an influence of Sinatra and, and Nat King Cole, especially. I hear he lists as his influences uh, Nat King Cole, Frankie Lane, <laughs> Sarah Vaughan. Uh, Billy Eckstein, Sinatra, Brooke Benton. Yeah, I can hear that. I can, I can, hear, I can, hear, I can, hear, I can hear Brooke Benton a little bit. Ella Fitzgerald, uh, and of course, you know, great Calypsonians like Lord Melody and Kitchener and Lord Christo and Lord Invader and the Mighty Spoiler. All my heroes, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Melody had a long-going rivalry with... Uh, um, they had these duels called Pekong, and even that last track you played, uh, Funeral Agency Man... In the last verse, he socks it to Melody and saying he's the ugliest Calypsonian with a face like a saucepan. They're, they're always uh, ranking on each other about how ugly each other uh, uh, is, are, but also about how ugly their wives are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing is sacred. Yes. Let's, um, we're going to play this track that was your Sparrow epiphany. Yes, okay. Jack Palance, uh, finding, finding Calypso, finding Sparrow had nothing to do... Um, with actually finding Calypso, seeking out Calypso, I was listening to a Van Dyke Parks record called Discover America. And at the very beginning, the first 30 seconds is a clip of a song called Jack Palance. And the singer is talking about how, about a, a grandmother on the dance floor with a face like Jack Palance. And I'm saying, man, this guy has a sense of humor after my own heart. And uh, after those 30 seconds faded out, I just kept playing it and playing it, playing it. And... I could never find the record. I didn't even know who the artist was because he's not listed on Discover America. He's sort of like a prelude to the record. So eventually I spoke to Van Dyke Parks at a club and he said that it was uh, Mighty Sparrow. So I started to seek out the music. And uh, Jack Palance is the lead off, the second track on uh, one of these ice compilations, one of these dubious ice compilations. So uh, we Eddie, should, Eddie Grant's label. Eddie Grant's label. He released four of these, and according to Sparrow himself, they are, are of dubious legality. But they're great collections. They are great it's collections. Four albums worth of uh, great Sparrow recordings. And covering you can't many find the music anywhere else. Yeah. So we're going to hear Jack Palance. Jack Palance. Let's play it. Jack Palance by the Mighty Sparrow. a disgrace and a burning shame, but I don't know who to blame. A big disgrace and a burning shame, but I don't know who to blame. These amount of old women in the nightclub, hustling for a bob, standing in the way of a younger girl, but it's time they retire, they're too old, believe me. Caroline and Josephine making more than 50, and I'm sure without any doubt she could be my granny. Walking about at night with a face like Jack Palance. Go to France, move, step aside and give your daughter the chance. Now looking for you, it's not experience. can remember last year carnival in front of cathedral Auntie Mildred stand up cool as ever I thought she was a beggar So I give a shilling to Mildred saying Mama buy some bread She turn around and put she hand on she face And she cost me upside the tongue in the place I tell you, but if you see the woman brother She more than 16 And I'm sure without any doubt She, she would be my granny 
she walking about that night she old face like Jack Palance For the fast move, step aside and give young people a chance Oh, I'm looking for you, not experience Nightclub with my bosom friend who come down to spend the weekend. But when I look back, who you think I see? One of my family. Good heavens, a shout out. Mama Jacob, what the heck you doing in the nightclub? Same time the rock and rolls are the place. So she hook on to a Yankee and break away. I tell you, but if you see the woman, brother, she more than 70. And I'm sure without any doubt, she could be my granny. Still she walking about that night. She prune face like Jack Palance. Go to France, move, girl, step aside and give this sparrow a chance. Oh, yes, they're looking for you, not experience. Take it away. This is what I noticed the other day. It's a funny thing to say. The government really should pass a law against women 60 and more. Brother, you better take it from me. If they do that, the nightclub to be empty. So leave them alone and don't get in a rage. When a Yankee drunk, he don't study age. I tell you, whether you are 24, 25 or 80, I am sure it will not interest a drunken Yankee. For when you drink your scotch and soda, it doesn't matter how old she is. As long as the Yankee get what is his
if given about the picture How I am such a heathen Bring picture to corrupt them children This time smelling salts my granny Open she eyes but boy when she saw me Like the picture flashed through she brain How you don't know she fades again Oh not no children No, you mustn't look at that Go on and put it back Tell your father you too damn slap with Hold your horse, hold your horse Please don't get cross Don't mistake the picture Mama is casual came and went and broke the heart of my kid sister Millicent. The Yankee man came and went, he broke the heart of my kid sister Millicent. I paid no heed to what she spoke of, not knowing she was so much in love. When he tells she goodbye, she kneeled down and started to cry. Now don't go, Joe, don't go. You wouldn't know, Joe, I love you so. And when you're gone, who do I can go? Darling, don't cry, wiping her tears away. Baby, listen what I have to say. You know we had to part someday because I got my wife in the USA. But all the talk was in vain. Millie started crying again. Don't go, Joe, don't go. You wouldn't know, but I love you so. And when you're gone, who I can go on without you? Yes. 
You know Yankee love the sport. Every soldier got a girl in a different part. You could imagine how I surprised to see tears in soldiers. Soldiers and sailors don't cry. So I know the girl getting mama guy. Instead of looking for cash, she's so stupid. She telling the Yankee hush. Don't go, Joe, don't go. You wouldn't know, but I love you so. And when you're gone, you do I can't go on without you. So, Joe, please, Joe, don't go. The girl have nothing to eat, she belly bigger the shame for she on the street. Like love talk is all she knows, she ain't talk neither, he ain't talk about dope. But when he gone is then Millie show me, a big fat wallet with plenty money. Say brain and bigger than mine, I was crying but I picked pocket same time. Don't go, Joe, don't go, you wouldn't know, but I love you so. And when you're gone, I can't go on. Well, that was the song that was my Sparrow epiphany when I got my first Sparrow album. It's a Calyp- great one. Calypso Sparrow and was just drawn in by the the humor in the lyrics, the horn, the, the horn arrangements, this little, oh, everything about it, the bouncy rhythm and the, the great voice of the mighty Sparrow. That's called Don't Go Joe from the, the leadoff track from the LP, which we just heard. We heard the original vinyl. I picked up about 30 years ago and it was about... Uh, it's close to 20 years old when I got it. It relates back to uh, Jack Palance and subject matter where it's about Yankees in Trinidad and the pe- peculiar relationship they had and how uh, they were viewed being over there. And it's a little bit uh, like they were invaders, but... Uh, they brought great prosperity right, at first. Right, the, uh, the voice of Sparrow... Is, is a very versatile voice, and you could hear it in, in those three recordings. He can croon, he can shout, he can sound very soulful. He can be sarcastic, he can swoop up and down the scales. He throws in foreign words and phrases, and he really wreaks havoc with the English language as well. But those vocal acrobatics, he scats, lots of little playful interjections, uh, those yelps. Aye! <laughs> well, it, it, it's... um. He's having fun. It sounds like when he records. Oh, absolutely. He's all over the track, and a, a lot of a lot of the um, the phrasing, a lot of a lot of words he throws in are just native to uh, Caribbean speak. We're using the word she instead of her, and dropping some prepositions, and it's just uh, colloquialisms that are uh, indicative of uh, Caribbean, the Caribbean, Trinidad. They they will use those when convenient. Right. In the right. same song, they will use she and then her. Right, exactly. As if they're interchangeable. She face. Yeah. She face like Jacques Palance. Yeah. Uh, before Don't Go Joe, uh, we heard one of Lane's uh, selections. 
Uh, Castro. Castro eating a banana. Well, that's a uh, that's a great song, and I'm listening to it the first couple of times, and I'm saying, he can't really be talking about what I think he is, but he really is. It's about a kid who's finding dirty pictures in his father's dresser, and his father's saying, don't look at it, put it back. It's just a picture of Castro eating a banana. <laughs> and that's that's... As I, I just have no words. What would the uh, what would what would the FCC say about that one? Uh, I don't know. Before that was uh, was Jack Palance, the f- the first. Right. There's a different version on on uh, Van Dyke's record, which we'll ask him about when we get him on. Um, apparently, there's several several different recordings and several different titles. One was called "Give the Youngsters a Chance," which is uh, one of the lines in Jack Palance, but it's a great swinging track. Uh, just. Uh, Great, great jazzy arrangements, s- sort of uh, Spanish and uh, Cuban Cuban ryth- rhythms that just make Calypso so unique, makes it what it is. Sparrow is still around. Yes, very He's much still, so. This, despite the title of the leadoff track, spoke Sparrow Spoke to him Dead. this morning. Huh? <laughs> and I spoke to him uh, a couple of months ago. I tried to get him on the show, and I found that when I, I was on the phone with him, he just didn't seem like he was in a good mood. Well, he's entitled. He works really hard. If you look at his schedule on his website, he'll be playing uh, Amsterdam and then go to Nigeria. And he's world famous, which is so ironic about doing this show. And as he's a uh, just say, saying that he's not really known in America, where he's really a worldwide phenomenon. He's a major artist. He's just not that well known in America. And you pointed out he never had his hit. He never had that song that people identify with him like Bob Marley, like, had I Shot the Sheriff. And but yeah, he's constantly touring. Constantly. He's, uh, he'll be 71 on July 9th. We'll have to do a part three of, of, of the tribute. My guest is Lane Steinberg here in the studio. We're two Mighty Sparrow fans uh, sharing their record collections with, uh, with the listeners for a couple of hours on a two-hour edition of Muriel's Treasure here on WFMU. And shortly... We'll uh, attempt to get Van Dyke Parks on the telephone from his home in California and discuss uh, his encounters with the Mighty Sparrow. Van Dyke produced an album called Hot and Sweet for Warner Brothers. Great one. Sparrow's been on a lot of different labels over the years. He was an RCA Victor recording artist for many years. Put some of his best work out on uh, that label and a lot of small labels, a lot of budget labels. There's been a lot of repackaging. Oh, yeah, and his own label, National Records, which he did... uh, the Slave and Outcast. Castro eating a banana is from The Outcast, and I think those are two of his very best records. You almost hear him, the shackles being off him, and he just has this sense of freedom on the national recordings just you don't find anywhere else. He was an 11-time Calypso monarch. He did not hold that title uh, lots of consecutive years in a row. He boycotted some he years. He boycotted some years, yeah. He abstained from the competition. Uh, he forfeited the crown a couple of times. He was an eight-time winner of the uh, Trinidad and Tobago Carnival Road March competition, second only to Lord Kitchener in that regard. He was a choir boy when he grew up, went to Catholic boys' school, and sang in the choir and was not allowed to sing Calypso. It's a very good point that Calypso... See, we're, we're, we're looking at Sparrow as a songwriter and as a great pop artist, but Sparrow himself would say that he's a Calypsonian first and foremost because it's the thing they tried to take away from him and everybody else. The Calypso, seeing Calypso was forbidden, and it wasn't because of his perseverance and uh, his, his commitment to the music that kept, kept it alive and kept him going, and the others too, others as well. 
Well, let's hear where it started from a recording standpoint. This is, uh, I'm sure, a very rare recording. Now in the Smithsonian collection of the Mighty Sparrow in a Calypso tent. And I'm presuming it's 1956. It could be 55. This recording was made by Emery Cook as part of uh, his Calypso LP series on the Cook record label, uh, a lot of which you can get through the Smithsonian website. The album is called Calypso Exposed. There's only one Sparrow track on there. And it's amazing because it, it doesn't get any liver than this. This is Sparrow in a Calypso tent. Right, around 21 years old. Yeah, around 55 or 1956. It's called The Attempt is as Good as the Act. They charge him $50, telling him he's luck. The attempt is just as good as the act. So he made an attempt to pay the clerk and then pull back his hand in a joke. If the attempt is as good as the act, he said, or you could keep the attempt, I go keep the pay. some salt fish inside a barrel. He said when it soaked with a lot of water for two weeks, it burned to wherever But to take it out, Farrell being forgotten, the salt fish there and start to rotten. The man watched the barrel and start to cry and decided he going to put the salt fish to dry. Now an old blind man came up crawling, stand up right where the salt fish are drying. When he smelled the fish, you know he started to sneeze. Good evening, ladies. <laughs> Well, this is the one that made me fall. Imagine I laugh till I nearly fall. Two big men had an argument in the middle of tongue on a pavement. Happened that they argue for the whole night. In the morning, early they start to fight. Police come and push them in the van. You know they still want to fight in the station. One telling the other, you too stupid. The next one say, all right, wait a minute. If you smart, bend down and touch your toe. And as a stupid, you go nowhere, Bali go. <laughs> Thank you. 
society in Trinidad for a steel band man was just as hard or even harder than that. For any Calypsonian, don't care how you're talented, you must go outside. And no appreciation in society have too much false pride. Calypsonians really catch hell for a long time. To associate yourself with them was a big crime. If your sister talked to a steel band man, the family want to break, she hand push she out. Lick up every teeth in she mouth, pass your out, get Calypsonians really catch hell for a long, long time To associate yourself with them was a big, big crime If your sister talked to a steel band man The family want to break, she hand push she out Lick up every teeth in she mouth Pass your own get Calypsonians really catch hell for a long time You associate yourself with them as a big flame If your sister talked to a skin band man If family want to break, she hand push the out Lick up every teeth in she mouth Pass your out Calypsonians really catch hell for a long time To associate yourself with them was a big crime If your sister talk to a steel man, man The family want to break, she hand put she out Break up every teeth in she mouth Cross your out, yeah
to a dance in New York City last week Saturday night with a big fat mama from Mississippi. I really was uptight. The band starts swinging with the boogaloo. She says, Sparrow, please. I'm gonna teach this dance to you. Take it back to the West Indies. And she tell me, you got to learn to do me. Mississippi mama started walking up more she sweat is the more she had eight three policemen tried but couldn't make she stop so they said she crazy like hell then she shoo he'd break and she big fall down everybody started to laugh because she's talking dragging on the ground and she brushed her yeah, boss up in half till she bought him you got to learn to do I will never, 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 never forget The big fat Mississippi mama at the Rockland Palace fed. Oh man, I felt so good, I am telling you When the steel band started up to fight Earl Harris put me in a taxi And I now missed that mama that night Then she called him You got to learn to do Africa 
And they found themselves deep down in the heart of the Baluba, the Baluba, the Baluba in the Congo. <laughs> In the hands of my big brother, Umpa. <laughs> now, had it been me, I would have taken them back to their husbands. But brother was hungry. Men traveling through Africa, Africa find themselves in the hands of a cannibal, a headhunter. He cook up one and he eat one raw. They taste so good, he wanted more. Oh, <laughs> me want more. Ay, 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 ay. I envy the Congo man. I wish it was me, I want to shake hand And if you know how much trap I set And up to now, never in Hawaii meet yet Peeping through the bushes to see what's taking place There I saw the Congo Going to take a little taste. He opened me eye and he started to grin. Rubbing the belly and the mumbling. I envy the Congo man. I wish it was me. I want to shake the hand. And if you know how much trap I said, what about you? <laughs> Send a message to Tobago right now. He tied them up and he put them to lay down on the ground. Light up the fire and he started dancing round and round. One of the women started to beg. He bites you on the chest and then he catch you on the leg. It's your I wish it was me, I want to shake your hand If you know how much trap I set And up to now Never in Hawaii me Inside a big, 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 The water was warm, she started to wiggle. The Congo started to laugh and giggle. I envy the Congo man. 
I wish it was me, I want to shake your hand And if you know how much trap I set And up to now Well, uh, there are any number of classic Sparrow tunes, but I guess that's one that Sparrow himself considers one of his uh, classic tunes because he's recorded it three times. I think maybe more. Here I am th- th- listening to this song, and I'm thinking earlier, I'm saying how there's a Sinatra influence and a Nat King Cole, and here he is screaming and yelping and talking about eating white women, and I'm saying... Well, Sinatra can get down with right, that. Right, right. That's, that's a Sinatra <laughs> influence right there. <laughs> That was Congo Man. He, he's irrepressible. The original version was uh, late fifties, right? There's a ver- Is there? I don't. I don't. I don't believe so. I think that the first version is on the Congo Man record, and then he re-recorded it several years later. And then, like many of his other songs, he recorded, re-recorded it and put it out himself so he can actually get paid for it. Well, the version that we just heard, uh, that's the second of the three that I know. Right. The, w- there was one that was recorded just a few years earlier on the Congo Man LP. Got to have uh, that record. Yeah. You do, actually. It's on a different cover. It's one of those... Sparrow's catalog is like... Uh, it's like just been repackaged and reprocessed and s- different covers slapped on it. And, and no- not always with the best fidelity. No, Fidelity's been a problem on some of these uh, on some of these early records in general. That's why the Van Dyke Parks record is so interesting because the Fidelity all of a sudden it's like Technicolor. Everything is just so crystal clear and crisp, and everything is in tune. And it's just you know everything's very punched up. Well, the version of Congo Man we just heard it was called the new version, and it's from the Spicy Sparrow. LP, which was 70s, I believe, because then there's a 1980 version. Yeah, that's the last record with his arranger, Bert Innes, who was a very in- integral part of his uh, early sound. If you listen, to s- you take it for granted, but you listen to the give and take between the horn arrangements and the Sparrow, and they're just completely wetted as one thing. And uh, he died. He died a-, a young man suddenly, and Sparrow actually gives him a very touching tribute inside the spicy sparrow record with a picture of him which is it's actually very touching what he writes before congo man we heard calypso boogaloo sparrow trying to cross over i love that one <laughs> that rocks that one that has, 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 has like a really great swing and track to it there's another one called calypso twist yeah that's not as good that's no not as no good. it's not as good no yeah. calypso boogaloo has a real real rocking rocking sound to it though we heard the outcast before that the title track from that lp that's great one, one of uh it's one of my favorites one that's and that's a track about uh how when you're a calypsonian you're not in very high standing not held in high standing in society and talking about how your uh girl's parents want to bust your face and kick you out of the house and uh, you're an outcast because you're a calypsonian and it's come full circle because they're outcasts now because no one seems to care about the old Calypso. It's true. The younger generation is uh, enamored by uh, new music, uh, by Soka, and they don't seem to have... I haven't met any people who really have a sense of history about the old stuff. So that leaves us leave a couple of old white, white guys. White Jewish so guys, yeah. They're just uh, us, yeah. digging out 
Digging out the past. We heard attempt is as good as the act. And that was Calypso great. So exposed Sparrow in a Calypso tent around 1956, recorded by the legendary audio audio fanatic Emery Cook. Incredible. Yeah. Hey, we're going to, um, we have a lot more Sparrow to play. This is a two-hour edition of Muriel's Treasure on WFMU. I'm Irwin, and that's Lane Steinberg, who's hey. joined me. Brought down his uh, Sparrow LPs and CDs and long lists of songs we want to play. We will not be getting to Sparrow singing My Way. He did. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we won't be getting to Sparrow covering David Gates and Don McLean. Alone again, alone again, naturally. <laughs> we'll skip some of the more... Um, misfire attempts at crossing over that he did, especially during the 1970s, it seems. And we're not going to be playing much Sparrow Soka, although there is some great Sparrow Soka out there. And we're going to be getting uh, Van Dyke Parks on the phone very, very shortly and be discussing with him his involvement with the Mighty Sparrow during the 1970s. But first we've got, you want Obi a Wedding, right? This is like one of my very, very favorite, favorite uh, Sparrow songs. Here's a song where the lyric is about a woman who has bad breath and body odor, and she's trying to attract Sparrow by, with voodoo potions and um, going to uh, like a Santeria type of thing. But the melody is one of his most beautiful. If you play this melody in three-quarters time, it sounds, in waltz time, it sounds like it could be by Ro- Richard Rogers and come from The King and I. And this is 1966, in the height of uh, pre-psychedelia, and he comes up with this song. And it's just a gorgeous song. A poppy show, Melder. You making yourself a bloody clung Up and down the country looking for Obia And your perspiration smells so strong Well, girl, you only wasting time Obia wedding bells don't chime And you can't trap me with Negro Mancing Melda, oh, you making wedding plan Carrying me name to all your man All you do can't get through I still ain't gonna marry to you Amount of incense that you burn at night Lad and garlic stinking up me place So much different color candles that you light Rubbing red lavender in your face Well, nastiness will cause your death Girl, no man can stand your breath You do damn nasty, get away from me
If you really want a wedding ring, Melda, there are many other ways and means. Like scrubbing your teeth and bathing regular. Soap and water keeps you fresh and clean, yes. Dress up in the latest style. Always wear a charming smile. Some kunu munu bound to say I do. Melda, oh, you're making wedding plans. I still ain't gonna marry to you. We hug up tight, tight, tight All we ever knew was love and peace Now every minute is only fight, fight, fight Till you use it, oh, be a man for peace Well, you don't seem to understand Oh, be a can't upset my plan For Papa Nisa is my grandfather Still I won't marry to you WFMU East Orange WXHD Mount Hope. Uh, we'll be on the phone with Van Dyke Parks, Parks very, very shortly to discuss Mighty Sparrow. In the meantime, here is a little song called English Diplomacy. The people say that Englishmen are gentlemen. Still I'd rather see a Yankee with my girlfriend They tell me that Englishmen are gentlemen Yet I'd rather see a Yankee talk to my girlfriend For with the Yankee I'll never be angry Sooner or later he will spend his money freely These people from Oxford University Intend to get through with the big words And diplomacy here the English are positively most assuredly, but no currency. So if your girlfriend have no common sense, without a cent he's going to penetrate her defense. Englishman is on a spree Like if he swallow a Webster's Dictionary Grammatical phrases like A millionaire Not for hell the bloke won't even Buy a beer And he's so bold-faced picking and Choosing woman till he gets Anne Margaret for Ingrid Bergman When he fix up on time For payment reach he want to give her A florin 
my darling, you are so lovable, very, very, very kissable, you are quite capable, but it's regrettable that I cannot recompense you most adequately for the accomplished talent bestowed on me. Every English book is a diplomat And I know that no money won't come out that cat Through diplomatic skullduggery England won the last war She may get a Schweppes bit a lemon But nothing more And if she begged the limey for a raise He will tell her of the ladies of golden days They had so much purity And of course chastity and nobility Had no uses for money Okay, and that was English Diplomacy by the Mighty Sparrow from the album Hot and Sweet, the one produced by Van Dyke Parks, who may be on the phone with us right now. Van Dyke, are you there? Yes, I am. And you can hear us. Yes, I can. And we can hear you. Thanks to Alexander Graham Bell. Hey, we're, we're not here to talk about Brian Wilson. Is that okay? <laughs> we're going to ask you about... Oh, uh, love and mercy. Thank you, fella. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to ask you why you never spin- finished the Smile record with uh, Mighty Sparrow, but we decided against it. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is a great engage. I mean, comparisons are odious, they say, and I wouldn't make a comparison, but I would say that uh, Sparrow's as uh, smart. That is, he's uh, equipped uh, in heart and soul and mind as much as anybody I know to be a musician. He's just terrific. Van Dyke, how did you discover uh, Calypso music? What was your original uh, introduction to it? Well, I had Floridians in my family, and they introduced it to me. And, um, and I've always enjoyed the word play, and I've always treasured the extemporaneous process, and all of that was uh, incorporated into Calypso. It's just because it's, <laughs> because it's there and incomparable. And, of course... Uh, I uh, I love the, uh, the the both the aspects of the rhythm and the uh, the words, but but the melodies uh, reminded me of clear romance. That is the romantic era of parlor <laughs> you call it parlor music. You know, very beautiful music. And that term Kaizo, you might might have spoken of it, mm-hmm. Kaizo. What a concept. And I've, I've heard from people, one man who claimed that he gave Satchmo his first horn in New Orleans, uh, <laughs> he was telling me about the origin of the word jazz, which always astounded me. That's short on charity, he told me. Don't jazz me. Uh, these things <laughs> we argue, and nobody is sure what Kaizo means, but we, <laughs> uh, or how it derives, but we know what it means. And it's it's a it's a high assignation of praise. 
It's 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 singing storytelling. Yes, I mean it's just uh, well, it, yeah, the narrative is incredible. I mean, when uh, Sparrow's song, well, uh, several of them to me, uh, the one uh, that really knocked me out was um, Erasmus be black. Uh, uh, Erasmus be black. That's the baby's name. Erasmus be black. Lord, I'm feeling shame. All I want. To explain explain him, B for Benjamin, certificate mark, your ass must be black. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any higher class than that. <laughs> he, sets, he sets his own bars and he keeps, he keeps uh, going higher and higher. My, I, was, I was telling the audience earlier, um, my, my original introduction to Sparrow's music was through your clip of uh, Jack Palance on Discover America. Right. And uh, two things. First of all, it's uncredited, which led me on a crazy goose chase to find out exactly who this was. And the little clip on Discover America is not found. I've never found the complete version. I found several other versions of Jack Palance, but never that one. Oh, my word. I, 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 you told me that, and uh, um, I wouldn't know where all those material goods are that... <laughs> that I used to, to, to make that record. But uh, it was because of my affection for... I really came to, uh, that, the, uh, to meeting the, these artists like Sparrow and Rose and so forth through and Kitchener, through um, the Esso um, Trinidad's uh, Tripoli Steel Band. Which you also you produced an album by them as well. Yeah, but <laughs> if a producer is a person who says, and you want fries with that, <laughs> that's me. I'm a producer. <laughs> Do you want fries with that? So, um, yes, I was in charge of that project as well. But they've all been so, and, and in the process, the people that I have met have enriched my life so very much. And uh, because of uh, the the... The mean intelligence of the of the uh, of the, the island of Trinidad it produced this high art form. Everybody's smart and on their feet, and I think that it's quite an accomplishment to be overground uh, over overground in a place uh, that uh, that looks so laconic, but actually takes wits to survive neatly. But I've had so much uh, regard for Sparrow for all these years. Uh, from the time of uh, Gene and Dinah, of course. His which, first big hit. Which we, yeah, which my brother and I sang in coffee houses up and down the coast of California in 63. Would have liked to hear that one. Yeah, well, well um, so at any rate, uh, so I had a high regard for it, uh, for uh, Sparrow then. And, uh, you know, recently somebody said... Um, that uh, somebody suggested a musical about Sparrow's work. Uh, you know, catalog musicals are very big these days. And I know all these people on Broadway, but <laughs> I hear all kinds of things about the difficulty in harnessing the the uh, the a real infusion. Like it makes almost the Chris Blackwell days of. Um, the Jamaican explosion, reggae explosion, onto the field. And to me, reggae was no distraction. Uh, Bob Marley called me on the phone. I hung up on the man. <laughs> I just, but, 
not for any reason other than I just I can't you can't you understand that I have 28 people who all need toothbrushes. My hands are full. General principles. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, never uh, never abandon something you start. Always see it to the end. And but uh, this your focus on Sparrow to me uh, uh, is just it is also to be praised because he is. Uh, the living link to a really golden informed age of scansion and and uh, uh, you know meter and uh, the, the proper use of rhythm. That's a very good point. Is he the, is he the last in the line? Well, is terrible. I'm not sure. I would I hesitate to leave someone behind, uh, but um, he has. You see, I believe that Soka did. Uh, well, uh, we've, we've discussed this with uh, certain friends recently. Soka did take a toll, because the reason Soka took a, a toll in the Calypso, uh, uh, the marketing of Calypso, is because Soka <laughs> sounded like, to me, a diminished mirror image of the, uh, the technology which was driving things like the Bee Gees, the disco mania, which, of course, all of that was stolen from... Uh, from uh, you know island rhythms, this one rhythm there that that I loved with da 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 and that rhythm somebody told me that was whip the lion was the name of that rhythm, and they exploited this pretty well this field, but they didn't in doing so they abandoned all these charming well I think that's that's to condemn it. Of highly commercial um, rhythms and so forth of the golden age of Calypso should be revisited. Recently, I heard David Rudder in concert, and I think that he will probably. I, he seems to have an idea. He uh, seems to be the one that he's uh, got a reverence. Yeah, he the, seems uh, to be the one, the, the one legacy. that 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 uh, the old Calypsonians sort of uh, hold up as a person they can trust the torch with. Yes, I hope so. Uh, I Eddie hope Grant's so. not on the case anymore, it right. seems. <laughs> what? What'd you say? Eddie Grant's not on the case anymore, it seems. Eddie Grant, I, I've never met the man, but, but what an image he has portrayed with his uh, vice like grip on something that has a tremendous potential. It's, uh, it seems like that, whereas uh, we're trying to get to the bottom of uh, who owns these songs. Now, and, this uh, is the very issue of proprietary rights. Now, where I come from, you know, it's like, the golden rule is the banker's delight. You give, you know, you just plunge into space, faith uh, with great faith, blindly, and things happen. This is the part of the creative process, by the way. And uh, at the Trinidadians seem to have been too reticent to really plug into that main line. There was a time, of course, when it was considered the spare might or might not show up for, for a tonight show uh, uh, dress rehearsal. <laughs> so there he was not there. But um, anyway. Uh, Van Dyke, let's talk about the album and then play something from it, the album that you produced, which is called Hot and Sweet. This was 1974, right? It's so great of you to, to, to mention that album, and I'll tell you why. There we were lucky to meet this man. It was all decided to be Henry de Freitas of, uh, of Miami. Port Portuguese descent. Henry de Freitas, a, ma a man who knew 
what he had been witness to with Calypso. He had recorded with Sparrow so, so long, I had a great loyalty, and it all came into the eye of a hurricane in Miami, Florida. One day there was a hurricane. On my way to the studio with Andy Wickham, the, the rain was horizontal. In the back seat was a raving man by the name of Phil Oaks. <laughs> Andy and he were in a heated argument, and Phil was drunk. We got out of the gas station, leaving Phil Oaks under a fibrillating uh, gas station um, uh, <laughs> uh, overhang and in a state of intoxication. Went to the studio, and the studio owner, Mac Emmerman of Criteria Studios, uh, got the uh, independent uh, generator and Sparrow packed into the place with with uh, Rodney Rodney, I can't remember. Earl Rodney. Earl Rodney, Mr. Rodney. A uh, magnificent man. And this group came in, and it was just up to mark, as the British would say, up to mark. Uh, Sparrow went out to, the, to a Steinway piano, and he hit the piano like this. He did four of those blows on the piano. Now, that's an irregular rhythm. And it's like part of like what Bayonne and Merengue and all these wonderful rhythms uh, suggest. Somebody once told me in the folklore of music that that irregular rhythm was really started in, <laughs> I'm not kidding you here, in Curacao, when uh, the natives imitated Peter Stuyvesant, who was walking on a peg leg That's when crazy. he was governor of Curacao. I heard that story. So I was very impressed when the man went out and hit the piano four times and the group played the piece. It was just phenomenal. Was the record recorded in one day? One day. One day. What's interesting about the record is the f fidelity is fidelity is incredible, and it's better than a lot of the records that preceded it and the ones that came after. It was such a faithful job and a very difficult job to contract. And I want to tell you, the problem is, is central in the authorship of the uh, Calypso songs. You see, there's all these people squabbling, uh, and then that's when you go back and watch the hen house because these some of these people that squabble over rights, because, in fact, um, the, back when, when I first heard about Calypso, and I met uh, Andrew de la Bastide out here and played with a steel band out here in 1962 and 1963 in Hermosa Beach, the Insomniac Coffee House, and we had to follow a steel band. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to tell you something. It's not to be done. <laughs> it's a tough act to follow. So anyway, uh, there, uh, the, I don't know where I was going to go with that thing. We're talking about the um, songs on Hot and Sweet recording. Oh, yeah. It, it, I, I soon understood that these, and because of the suit on Marianne, which was Louis Neiser went to the Supreme Court of the United States. It wasn't States. Marianne. It was rum and Coca-Cola. Rum and Coca-Cola, Coca pardon me, not Marianne. That's Terry Gilkerson. Uh, rum and Coca-Cola. And that, in my day in court, I read this book, uh, Autobiography of Louis Neiser. The it's a great Supreme chapter. Court. And it's a great uh, chapter. Yeah, <laughs> this great chapter. And it was his favorite case, why he explained. 
uh, because it has to do with artist rights or author rights of authorship. And it's, in fact, you know, I had crossed this bridge before. One time in 1964, uh, I, I came out with a with a, a record called Farther Along. Well, it was a hymn, and I didn't I didn't write the hymn, so I wasn't going to say I wrote it. So I said the Hopi Indians. <laughs> and my attorney called me when he saw the album, uh, the the label copy. He said, "You're crazy, kid. The Hopi Indians aren't signatory to DMI. <laughs> Nobody's going to get a dime." That's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. Click. Well, the the parallel is the same. There, are mo- uh, a lot of people uh, uh, in uh, Calypso had uh, dallied with the British Performing Rights Society, but in fact, these folks, the Calypsonians, I think, in mass, understand is what Zeppo Marx once said. Groucho Marx, brother. Yes. Zeppo Marx said, the back ends for monkeys. That, <laughs> that has to do with uh, economics, okay? The paycheck. Get the money in front is his philosophy. He said, the back end, that's for monkeys. Who wants a percentage? Percentages never come through. Nobody's to be trusted, you know, in the market. It's mm-hmm. good advice. So this is what happened. The Calypsonians, I think, felt this. And uh, were loath to really go big time, and I thought it was like a big deal when, when we finally reached his entente with this great artist, the Mighty Sparrow, and uh, got him into a studio. And if that record is heard and sold, he will receive a residual, and hopefully, so will I. <laughs> going to play a track, Erwin? Yeah, we're going to play a track from the Play album. the damn record. you got a few minutes to hang out because we're gonna, you, we won't be on hold. You'll I'm going to put you on a speakerphone. You'll hear the music, but okay. uh, you, you mentioned Hen Houses, and there was a song on this album about poultry. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I would, right. So I thought I'd play the song Moorcock. Dockerton. This is uh, the Mighty Sparrow from Hot and Sweet, produced by Van Dyke Parks, who's on the phone with us. We'll be back with Van Dyke in just a few minutes. Here is more cock by the Mighty Sparrow. It's about poultry. Poultry. Friendship and the woman Judith, who he lived with, complaining to me. So much cock in the house, and she buys so deep. Wrong or right, middle of the night, sun or rain, sickness or pain. Tell the man when you see him for me, this kind of thing and go walk. And if he don't want to stop, I will kill the cock. Look me now how I think like a mangy rat At first it was a pleasure but no all enjoyment ceased Why he wants so much cock this man is a beast 
Van Dyke, you still there? Yes, I am. Great. We're going to just do one more quick uh, chat with you, and then we're going to play one more from the Hot and Sweet album. Lane had a series of questions that I think we'll, you'll have a lot to say about. Van Dyke, I was just wondering first, who picked the songs of this um, on this record? Because they seem to span a very, very uh, large part of his career. They're, from they're remakes, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, th- I probably wanted... Uh, uh, more cock because uh, I thought it was a hell of a, a very difficult title to follow, and I wanted to, to people to see that as a test of great lyricism. The story in that song is beautiful. And by the way, <laughs> so much cock in the house has she bazudi. That bazudi means uh, too much of a good thing of delirious with joy. Um. <laughs> Which is a great word. Buzzer D. 
You notice on that song, by the way, the percussion, we worked so hard to draw those guys out. Oh, the, the accents right. on the offbeats are yeah, fabulous. We got, just, we got the brake drum in the right place. Everybody was situated where they wanted to be. And it, we had a wide spectrum, so we covered what we, all we could. We bagged everything we could in a two, uh, in a stereo situation. That's just before that Montono. No synthesizers, right? Oh, <laughs> No, no, this is uh, this is all uh, like the old days when people the, used to the sweat of the brow. Did um, did, was the record promoted at all? Oh no, no, it sank like a stone through uh, through I thought a, a corporate uh, neglect, and I, it, it was a small label. Became another point Warner of Brothers. great friction for me, and and uh, that was at a time when a guy by the name of Alice had just walked in my door, and he had a snake. And I thought, you know, I think, I'm, I think my days are numbered here. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> was, there, was there ever talk of another record, a follow-up? Well, I'm not sure. Now, you, you would ask a very good question. I didn't want to avoid, but I wanted you to know we worked hard that day. And, um, and in mixing it, the next. The, um, the uh, uh, we're talking about the... Uh, the uh, repertory in that record. Uh, the songs were, there were two producers. There was me and Andy Wickham. And Andy Wickham had uh, a, a very deep uh, schooled understanding of Trinidad and all it meant. Uh, uh, he, um, as the Brits, were quite aware of Calypso. Sure. And, you know, from... Kitchener went over there in, yes, uh, what, 46, 47, 48? Yeah, 48, I think. But uh, that was the year before Edith Piaf came here. And it was also the year that Spike Jones played the Ghost Riders in the Sky. I remember that year. But uh, the, uh, the repertory shows that uh, Wickham comes from this thing, uh, which is uh, trying to study an ex-colonial attitude and what it all, what's it all about. And there was very Andy knew more about cricket than I know about baseball, certainly. And uh, uh, it taught me many, uh, t- told me how to officiate a googly and things like that. The Trinidadians have some great batsmen. And, uh, they have lots of good rum, too. And a lot of good rum. Well, the Mount Gay, to me, is just as nice as it can be. Uh, 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 old Oak is, is what I like. You know, Van Dyke, it's interesting that um, we have all these Sparrow recordings, and he's, a, of course, a legendary singer-songwriter, but there are no recordings of him just playing a guitar and singing or playing a piano and singing. Another song we were gonna, the song we were going to play after we leave you, the song Memories, it's very, very interesting chord changes. Um, they're just not run-of-the-mill calypso chord changes oh. by any means. Did you ever see him play a guitar? Did he show you a song? Have you, do you have any uh, experience with that at all, with him? Well, um, it's fair to say he didn't lift a finger for me, and, uh, but uh, the converse is true as well. Um, uh, he, uh, uh, no, he didn't play a bit. But, but he is so demonstrable in his, in his attitude, and his, he's a, definitely an alpha male. He, this man is, knows what's in his head about how he... And I think that he's ready for, for contributions. I mean, I, I saw him being welcoming, and everyone was, uh, I mean, uh, such a high degree of, uh, of they call it in, in, uh, in uh, uh, some circles, they call it ensemble. 
en- ensemble, playing together, wonderful sensibility, uh, some eye contact, and uh, but generally uh, a tremendous uh, uh, result always. Uh, you think about the the competitive uh, nature of getting into a seat, uh, not only on an airplane, but in a studio on a saxophone for Sparrow. You must be a fine saxophone player. Makes me think of James Brown. <laughs> well, the way you're describing it, it's how people describe James Brown's bands and huh. the way he would record. An- another example of a, s- a songwriter who really never um, played on his records, but always got results, as you're describing Hey Van Dyke, I got a I got a question for you. Yeah. What did Sparrow think of you? Well, when I met, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, how uh, did he react to you? I, you approached. Well, him. he was very genial with me. I tell you, when I met him, uh, he smiled broadly. I don't know whether whether it was because I was in a uh, I was in a pair of overalls, as I recall, and he thought that was uh, a, a hoot and. Uh, and he called me Larry, and I thought, well, you know, the guy's got my name wrong. Well, on further inspection, it turns out that he was thinking of Larry Parks, the man who played in film, and he played, what did he play? One role, and that was to be a black man on a stage. And this <laughs> tore me up. It was the funniest thing I'd ever, uh, this, <laughs> the most elliptical way anyone had ever made fun of my name or occupation. <laughs> that is funny. Isn't that funny? It sure is. He's a brilliant fella, and and uh, and uh, I I really have great love for him, and I hope that um, that uh, we can uh, agree on uh, on all things uh, Trinidadian and American. Well, it's great to have you on, <laughs> and, and it's uh... when the battle is over. Who hey, will wear the crown? It will be the sparrow. Okay? Hey, uh, and I want to point out that this, the CD's in print. The, the, uh, the album, Hot and Sweet, is in print on Birdman Records. Go to birdmanrecords.com. I'm holding a copy in my hand. The uh, song titles in the back are all out of sequence, <laughs> but it's the album. It's, it sounds great. Let him go. God bless him. So here's uh, we're going to hear memories from this album. Van Dyke Parks has been on the phone with us for, for a long time. You're very generous with your time. It's we always a- an honor we appreciate to be able it. to speak of someone of this man's caliber and understanding. Van Dyke, thank you very, very much. All the best, guys. Stay strong. Be well, Van Dyke. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
came up with real fire this to complain I never know when water could stain Never me again, Gemma To take you any place Your behavior in a rima Was a shaman This place, I mean to say You spoil the people fed Rain a falling, everybody soaking wet You know how shame I feel Tell me why you wet from the very Stop, Gemma, come back down. She white, white, white like piece of chalk. She's so frightened the girl can't talk. People surround her. Here she explains what the whole gang of me was mistaken for real. And any faith when I hear she says that in orange juice she has to go away. Never me again, Gemma, to take you any place. Your behavior in a rima was a shocking mistake. I mean, I say, spoil the people pet. Everybody's soaking wet You know I'm shame I feel You could have done that before You went to the parents 
That was the only medicine to make him listen And he said, Calypso began When they make you work Oh Lord, you work Good Lord, no pay And then you toil and toil and toil and toil So I was then put out on the street I got no food, I got no clothes, got no place to stay I had no education, no particular ambition This I cannot conceive Forgot my native culture, I say I live like a vulture From the white boss I had to steal He made me work, oh yes I work Oh Lord, no pay, yeah, 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 yeah I toil and toil and I toil and toil so hard each day The Mighty Sparrow, a very, very different sort of I love how that one ends. It's not really a Calypso song at all. Not at all. It's called The Slave, very impassioned song. And another great arrangement, wonderful horns. Bert Ennis, once again, one of his, uh, one of Sparrow's great, great vocals, great, great performance. Before that, why don't you talk about Gemma? Before that, we heard Gemma on the Ferris Wheel which is another one of those Sparrow songs where you just have to shake your head. It's about a guy who takes his girlfriend up on the Ferris wheel, but she didn't go to the bathroom before, and she ends up peeing on the Ferris wheel, and everybody thinks it's raining, and they're getting covered, and uh, the singer, Sparrow, the boyfriend, is completely embarrassed and ashamed, and he says, Never me again, Gemma, take you any place. Your behavior has been a shocking disgrace. Uh, we got an email from listener Volunteer Wendy who said she's going to Coney Island this weekend for her birthday and she's going to take note of that song so as not to spoil everyone's fun. Wendy, find the bathroom before you go on the Ferris wheel. 
And before that was Memories from the Van Dyke Park produced album Hot and Sweet, which is on CD. Go to birdmanrecords.com and you can see that. I don't know if Van Dyke or Sparrow are getting royalties from it, but it looks like it was legitimately licensed from Warner Brothers, so the fine print would indicate. A gorgeous song, that is. Yeah. We've got just a few more minutes. Uh, I'm Irwin. This is Lane Steinberg with me. We're paying tribute to the mighty Sparrow for a couple of hours on a two-hour edition of Muriel's Treasure. I think we've got time for two more songs, so we're going to shut up right now. Oh, quickly, the statue. (laughs) 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 There's uh, an article on the web, okay? What you want to do is Google Mighty Sparrow statue 2001, and then in quotes the phrase, look like me. And you'll see an article about a statue that was built, uh, sculpted, uh, a mighty Sparrow statue. And there's a picture of it, and it doesn't look anything like Sparrow. And the, the whole article is about the fact that... Yeah, he, he was qui- <laughs> apparently he was quiet about it, and then at the last minute he said, Okay, I'm going to speak up. It doesn't look like me. Actually, it looks like Frank Fontaine, the guy who played Crazy Guggenheim on the Jackie Gleason show. There's something Buddha-like it about, too, about the face. And, and they're asking Sparrow, you know, it's a shame. It looks like that at the end of the article, which was written in 2001, that they, they instructed sculptor Madan Gopal to redesign the head and face of the figure. Anyway, Sparrow has this great quote when he's being asked about the fact that the statue doesn't look anything like him. He says, uh, The way this statue business works, it will either begin to look like me or I will begin to look like it if it stays there long enough and people get accustomed to the idea. I love that. So uh, go online and you can see this <laughs> this photograph of this this uh, statue that doesn't look anything like the mighty Sparrow. <laughs> anyway, we got time for another song or two. This is a, a great, one of my favorite Sparrow songs called Wood in the Fire. And this is the kind of thing that should have been a top 40 hit. It's just such a great pop song. And again, a great vocal by the mighty Sparrow. For when you talk, I feel like a man And I get more zeal and inspiration Even though I know it is mama Give some Tell me, drink that sweeter than honey Tell me, if I ever leave you, you kill me Scratch up my back, bite up my ears when I ask What's the matter? Tell me, it's too much wood in this fire Or something bad As long as I make you talk I'm glad A little love talk Has turned me on I could carry on From now till dawn Long as I hear Your sexy conversation Tell me You think I'm sweeter Than honey Tell me If I ever leave you Kill me Scratch up my back Bite up my ears When I ask What's the matter Tell me It's too much Put in the fire Oh, my God. 
Now the bunch don't stop at all Shave to the mosquito net fall yeah. I want a nice little mournful cry Like uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Whoa, yo, yo, sparrow, bye, yeah, yeah. Tell me you think I'm sweeter than honey Tell me if I ever leave you, you'll kill me Scratch off my back, bite off my ears when I ask What's the matter? Tell me it's too much wood in the
And, and that's the song that started it all for Sparrow. That's called Gene and Dinah. That was his first big hit in 1956. It won him the, uh, the crown. Calypso King, the monarch of Trinidad and Tobago in 1956. And Calypso was never the same from that point on because Sparrow is such a pivotal figure in the history of the Calypso form. My guest has been Lane Steinberg. I want to thank you, Erwin. It went uh, it went really quick. It's just listening to this music, you get uh, get lost. I get lost. We didn't play enough. No, so much. It's very, very deep. Just keep going. Well, as, ocean. I, as I mentioned, it's going to spill over to next week. Uh, Muriel's Treasure will be just one hour next week, but I've got so much more Sparrow I wanted to play today and that I've been discovering and rediscovering over the past few weeks that we'll do another hour of Sparrow next week and then probably on July 9th for his birthday Lane I'll have you back here and we'll it'll be fun because uh, there's so much material I would love it he's got a website MightySparrow.com it doesn't get updated very often it seems October uh, 2005 I believe was uh, the last date I saw on it and you want to mention about the CDs that are available on the Sparrow site it seems that there is uh, about uh, 40 or so CDs um I don't know what's on them. I haven't heard them, but they're there, and uh, it'd be nice to buy them. But he, he re-recorded his hits, right? I believe so. I believe some of them are re-recorded. If you're looking for the original stuff, the Ice Record CDs may be out of print, but you can usually find them on eBay, not without too much difficulty, and they're not very pricey. LPs? Well, I'm waiting for uh, RCA or someone to put out just two furs of the great 25 or so Sparrow records, the essential ones, and just get them out there. Let the people hear it. It's uh, essential music. He's the great unrecognized songwriter of the uh, past 50 years. A couple of guys on a mission here. Yeah, here we go. Hey, uh, this is WFMU East Orange, WXHD Mount Hope. Oh, by the way, if you want to email me, Irwin, I-R-W-I-N at WFMU.org. Stay tuned for Kenny. Have fun. (laughs) 